everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, I'm better than I was, you know, five minutes ago when we were discussing the new episode, but not by much. See, I'm not sure, Matt. I think I'll be truly better after, on Monday. Well, that's true. After, the, with the, after we've moved on from this. Uh, hello, we are brought to you by Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content for $5 a month. Gains access to that bunch and much, much more. It's the best deal in podcasting. I say it once, say it again. This week's episode, Matt, is The Man in the Blue Flannel Pants. It's episode P-A-B-F-O-1. We've entered the new production run. We, we're, we're, properly, we're properly in a season 23 now. I think there's, our, there's always two starts to a season. There's the production there's like the 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 airing when episodes actually come out and then there's also when we we segue into the actual next production run so this it's is funny how that works how every season is like not its own not fully its own production run it's like oh yeah we had some episodes left over from last year like wh- why don't the seasons coincide with the production runs? because they it takes time to make animation and they never bothered waiting long enough to actually mm. catch up and they don't care um and, and there's a certain amount of sense in it like you have episodes ready in case you do run into like problems in the new production run theoretically you know they've been doing this for 20 plus years even at this point so there isn't they're not going to have un i don't think un like i guess writer strikes and things like that would put prop would you know create problems when you have a bumper of episodes already done technically it gives you some leeway i understand Mm -hmm. Uh, this episode, let's see, originally aired November 27th, 2011, written by Net Jeff Westbrook, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, received 3, million view- 3 million viewers, with 5.6 million viewers. What? Okay, Robbie. It's a 3.0 rating with 5.6 million viewers. There we go. You can speak. You can do it, Robbie. This episode guest stars <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson as a quote-unquote party person, I believe as the patient for Dr. Hibbert. Is who he is playing. We have John Slattery from uh, Mad Men playing Robert Marlowe, who is a a very a madman type character. Basically, is his character from Mad Men. It's not like they changed the name, but it's the same guy. Uh, and then Matthew, is it Matthew Weiner? Is that really how you say his name? Matthew Weiner. I don't want to say Matthew Weiner is obviously funny, but. I'm going to say Matthew Matthew Weiner because I think it's funny. Matthew Weiner as businessman. Is Matthew Weiner in Mad Men? I think so, yes. Sounds familiar. Matthew Weiner. Yeah, he oh, he's a he wrote and directed Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, he's the creator. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And wrote and and produced The Sopranos. Okay. Mm, it says Weiner. Uh, nah, yeah, it's Weiner. Weiner's funnier. Okay, though. okay, it's Weiner's. Weiner's well, yeah, the, uh, Mad Men is not a funny show. I don't know if you know that, Robbie. I think they feel like there are moments of levity in Mad Men, though. I haven't okay, watched all true. of it, but I. I but also. Sopranos, Sopranos is jokes in Sopranos. Sopranos is jokes. Sopranos is hilarious sometimes. The Soprano has jokes. It's jokes, yay. Uh, man, I'd, can we just do the Sopranos? Can we just do a podcast about the Sopranos and not. The yeah. Simpsons anymore? Can we segue? All right. Uh, oh boy, Mad Men. There's a lot of Mad Men in this, which I mentioned. I've not watched all of Mad Men. I've seen some of Mad Men. I don't. I don't. I don't care <laughs> enough to watch all of it. I just go, oh wow, look at these problems. All these white men. Isn't that exciting? Um, <laughs> all these these rich white men in the fifties. Man, it was tough to be them. And they had yeah. They're oh, they're all empty inside. Oh wow, what a crazy thing. 
Do I need I need do I need to spend like 60 hours of my life on this? No, I don't. I'm okay. Um the episode begins, however, no Mad Men at all. It starts with Barton Millhouse at a taping or a live production, I guess, of the Krusty show, where we learn that Krusty is having trouble selling his clown vodka, which is this is a purposeful spoof of Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Is it really? I'm I mean like because it's shaped. I didn't like, know Dan Aykroyd had one. Oh, Matt, Matt, what are you? You're are you alive? Are you a human on the Internet? I'm sorry that I did not know that Dan Aykroyd had a vodka. It's Crystal Skull Vodka. How can it's it's very expensive. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is real. OK, this is a real thing. I'm sure you are. He has Crystal Skull Vodka. It's shaped like see, that's the thing. It's shaped like a skull. Like it's that's the whole deal. Like it's and it it's very expensive. And he's a celebrity. So I'm like, is this what the like? I, I think it's been around since then. It's been around for a long time. I'm wondering if this is, is this parodying that? I don't know if it, if they mentioned at any point if it's purposeful or not, but it feels like it to me because it's shaped like Krusty's head. But of course, celebrities, celebrity liquors have been a thing for a long time. They've just become more, become more in vogue as time has gone on. Um, but Krusty's having trouble selling his vodka because apparently it's terrible. I, this, this is part, I laughed at this episode, Matt. I'm going to say that right now. Okay. Really? I laughed at multiple moments in this episode. This is one of them where, uh, Krusty mentions his vodka and it mentions poisoning deer, which it made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, it got me. Um, the the marketing people are there; they need some viral marketing, and so they need a like. This is all like a contrived way, by the way. All this contrived inciting incident. There's some jokes in here that I laughed at, so I forgive it. Um, I kind of, though, Matt, I really what I kind of wish oh, this, this whole episode was about Krusty and his vodka, because I feel like I would <laughs> laugh more if it was about that. Um, mm-hmm. But he needs viral marketing. So they need to throw like a fake party that is sponsored, not, you know, quote unquote, sponsored by the Krusty vodka, the clown vodka. And for and they they need to get to a parent of one of the kids that are at the show. Like, all this is like, what is, what, all the steps? Isn't Krusty, like, a prominent member of the, the Springfield Republican Party? Can he go to, like, Ken Brockman directly and say, hey, I need you? But instead, he goes to Bart, who goes to Homer, who then throws a party and somehow knows all these people? How did Homer get, uh, uh, like, basically the famous people, like, Dredrick Tatum's at this party? Homer has fought Dredrick Tatum. Of course he knows Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> I think that's the one part of this episode that shouldn't make sense, but does because Homer knows everybody because he is the main character of the show and has interacted with everyone. Like the part of this episode that doesn't make any sense is how Homer is good at schmoozing with them. Like Homer is an awkward, goofy man. Why in the world? Like they give him like this uh, really suave thing to say at the party, which is also incredibly misogynistic. But like that is not Homer. Like, that make, that's what part that makes doesn't make sense to me. Again, Matt, I wish this episode was about the crusty vodka. I think that'd be funnier, but. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, 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 like, I will say that they get relatively, they get to the party relatively fast. Okay. It's not eternity to get there. This is not season 14 or 12 again, where we have five inciting incidents. They get to the party pretty quickly, get to the, the plot of this pretty quickly, which is they're having this party. They have all the famous people of Springfield. All the Springfield celebrities are there. And it's, it's, 
they're it's a good party apparently it seems like you know it's 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 people are mingling everyone's talking to each other everyone's drinking the crusty vodka except i i even though crusty says it was poisoning deer i would think it would kill you if you did that whatever um then burns arrives and immediately the party starts dying cuz it's burns he's old and he's basically owns the town not cool guy and Homer is immediately tasked with keeping the party moving and by getting Burns corralled. And in doing so, impresses Burns. Mr. Burns! So glad you're here. Finally, the party can get started. Your cotillion seems to be in full promenade. (laughs) Good one. Uh, Mr. Burns, everyone is dying to hear you sing karaoke. Come on, just pick a popular song. Do you have anything by Prince... Wilhelm of Prussia? I have 16 million songs, but uh, no. Just play the oldest, stupidest thing in your catalog. Uh, Let me check my beeswax cylinders. Ah, here we are. Come, Josephine, in my flying machine. Going up she goes, up she goes. Balance yourself like a bird on a beam. Jimmy, there she goes, there she goes. May you all fly in an aeroplane someday. You certainly seem to be enjoying yourself, sir. Indeed. That Homer Simpson is the beating baboon heart of this party. So he says, bigamy is having one too many wives. To which I replied, so's monogamy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I may have a use for this Simpson character higher up in the organization. Really? Well, as safety inspector, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire. Although, he came close several times. I... When the uh, when Charles Bronson voice guy goes, they have 16 million songs on this, but no, that made me laugh too. Uh, That's fair. That's right. We we pull out the beeswax cylinder. I did smile. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of charm. There's some you know a lot of the funny, funny charming things around the edges and the, like uh, uh, incidental jokes and stuff that are, I think are pretty good in this episode in large part. Uh, around the plot. Uh, the biggest weakness in this episode is is the plot. Uh, where so Homer makes that that joke about wives to Cletus and somebody. I think it's Doctor Habert. Doc- okay, whatever. Um, Burns sees this potential in him to be a schmoozer, to be a accounts executive, right? To be a madman, an ad man, etc. And this is when, so Homer is brought before Mr. Burns, I guess the next day or the next Monday, and uh, gets his promotion, I suppose. Simpson, you're probably wondering why you're here. It's never good. I always wind up being chased by hounds or falling through a trap door or being a peg in your game of human croquet. When I made you a hoop, you split your pants. Now, here at the plant, there's no position more important than our accounts man, who's responsible for glad-handing our customers and suppliers. I'd like you to take over that position. The last thing I understood in that was pants. Just give me your answer and make it quick. Our current account man, Robert Marlowe, here is retiring at the end of the month. In two weeks, the only tie I'll be wearing is for autoerotic pleasure. Yes, Simpson, only you have the bonhomie and rotund charm to replace him. It means a hefty expense account and a corner office. Well, in that case... Before you say yes, Simpson, I feel it's my duty to warn you. Account men lose their soul. Woohoo! No more church! I did smile at that as well. What, no more church? 
Mm-hmm. That was not one of the things that made me laugh, Matt. I, uh, so this whole plot is about Homer becoming an ad man, an accounts executive, mm-hmm. and him sinking into this kind of lifestyle, I guess, of, of like of drinking a lot and mm-hmm. feeling empty, I guess. I don't like, no, not being understood I, I, or something, I guess. I, I guess because we only get one scene of that uh, because at first it starts out that, oh, Homer's away from home a lot. And, uh, you know, he's he comes home tomorrow to sleep on the couch. The kids are already in bed. Uh, then he goes to Moe's and even Moe is asleep because he got home so late. And, and I was like, OK, so I thought this episode was going to be about that. Like, oh, Homer's working so much now because he's an accounts executive that he doesn't have time for anything else in his life. But then we get to a scene later on with him on the couch just babbling incoherently about no one understanding him and then after that we get the rafting scene and i'm just like what is the actual like i get that you wanted to make a Mad Men parody but like what where did you think this was gonna go it's it, it you know it, it has to be one of two ways right if you're doing a Mad Men parody with homer either one you put him through the stuff they do on the through the the stuff in Mad Men, like you know the 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 infighting, right? The the power struggle among a firm, except it doesn't quite work in one to one situation at a power plant, but whatever. The you know the infighting, the work life, the struggle with work life balance, the lifestyle slash culture of like, oh, you're expected to drink because everyone else is drinking, and like you could easily enter throw also throw in like, oh, there's women, uh, he's traveling a lot, and so there it's easy way adultery is right there right temptation etc drugs temptation of different kinds even so you put him through that stuff which we've kind of seen all of that with homer Mm -hmm. over the years we've seen him have all of those things you know basically challenge him like we've seen homer work multiple jobs and have no time for his family and be super tired and be run ragged. We've seen Homer be tempted by adultery at the workplace. We've seen Homer, you know, uh, uh, deal with other people at the power plant for good and for ill. Um, so you could, but you, you know, if you put a Mad Men sheen on it, maybe it makes it feel different. And I, that's kind of what they did. But to me, I would think the funnier thing is option B is where you take Homer and you put him in this situation and you have a, basically a madman character with him the entire time, Marlo mm-hmm. and none of it affects Homer. Yeah. Homer get Homer does this exact uh, perfectly well because he's been avoiding his family. He goes to Moe's every single night and he, Homer doesn't lose his soul. He succeeds because he's incredibly lucky, which is one of the themes of this episode. Uh, but he doesn't become like them. He's just, happens to succeed at this because of how goofy he is and like that's that feels hilarious to me where you just have perpetually you have homer have be presented by all these guys and they're like what's with that guy why like and like they're all sullen and like empty and smoking cigarettes and like you know like they don't see their families and they're all constantly complaining about their lives and he's just like man this is great (laughs) this is way better than my old job like him and it being him being upbeat and normal homer that is funny to me but instead we get this weird thing where like they're they want to make you think that he's being 
his soul is being sucked out because of this job. But why? We don't know what's challenging about this job. You don't have to drink bourbon at 11 a.m. Just because someone's handing yeah. it to you. Like, it's that like, what's going on? Um, but Homer, Homer gets a promotion. We go to our first commercial, six minutes and 28 seconds. Oh, you just had to keep going, didn't you? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so Homer moves over to the executive building. He goes from sector 7G to 22F, and it, he walks in, and it's the Mad Men office. You know, it's it's big, and it's airy, the way no office has been in, you know, 20 years. Um, there is a bowling alley and, you know, a, a private sushi chef and a secretary, and he gets an office, and Marlo is there to give him the rundown. And he's going to uh, be coaching Homer through one last deal. Uh, he's going to meet with the mayor. Uh, to, to just show Homer how it works. Uh, so they go to meet with the mayor, and uh, they're at a fancy steakhouse. Marlo and Quimby go to the bathroom to do cocaine because I guess that's what you do to get the city to buy your power plant rate hikes or at least allow it. Uh, meanwhile, Homer is uh, ignores Lenny and Carl. Lenny and Carl come up and see him through the window and say, hey, how's it going? And Homer just completely ignores them because he has moved past them, moved beyond them. Uh, and he like, draws smiling faces of them in gravy on the wall. It didn't work on me, but sure. Whatever. I, uh, I, well, I don't know what the point of this is, Matt. I think that's my actual question. It's like, is this supposed to yeah. be funny? Is this about like, is this supposed to be a plot point, like character or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go, I guess. So, uh, the, the plan works. Uh, the new, the mayor, uh, thanks to a fancy steak dinner and some cocaine in the bathroom, uh, allows their rate hike. That's Marlowe's last day. He's done. He's out after this. Uh, but afterwards, uh, there's a little passage of the torch from Marlowe to Homer. I can't believe that was work. Yeah, but work is over now. Want to drink with me till I fall asleep? Oh, well, I really should look at this picture a little longer. Hmm. Okay, let's go. Great. Now, in honor of my last day on the hamster wheel, I have a little gift for you. This set of bar tools has been passed down from account man to account man since the dawn of history, 1956. Can you be my dad? If your mom was a secretary, there's a good chance I am. Welcome home, handsome. <laughs> it's a rat race, but it looks like I won. Oh, to the victor go the spoils. Dad, you were supposed to read me a bedtime story. Oh, sorry, sweetie. Bart can read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> read to Lisa? Why don't you just ask me to kiss her? If you kissed her, that would be lovely. I'll read, I'll read. And kiss. Does anyone want my opinion? Please, Lisa, I had 18 martinis today. Hello. So at least the beginning, Homer is enjoying... Uh, how things are going. Uh, but he did drink 18 martinis today. And you're right. This would be much funnier if Homer's like, yeah, I had 18 martinis. It's just, so it was a light day. It, it would be more interesting if that were the case. Sadly, it is not. Um, so uh, at this point, we have a very long second act. Uh, Bart begins to read to Lisa, but Bart has problems with the reading. Uh, he has problems, uh, you know, pronouncing things. And Lisa agrees to help him. She helps him with the words and decides, OK, well, I'm going to help you uh, uh, learn to read better because, you know, Bart is, is 10. He's still getting the hang of it. Um, then we get a nice montage of Homer doing account executive things, you know, drinking sake with Japanese businessmen and, you know, the traditional 80s dumb crap of you know this is what business guys do homer's now a business guy he does business stuff in his business suit and his business car and rides the business train and blah 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 
Yeah, I don't. This is the stuff where I'm like, what is this trying to tell me? Is that is Homer succumbing to this lifestyle? It's tiring him out. But why? This is how is this different than normal? And like, oh, if we had him talk to anybody about it, like that, I would. If you have this montage and it's followed by Homer, because it doesn't ever have him like have a discussion with anyone. Like he doesn't even talk to Marlo about it. He doesn't go, man, this is really rough. You were lying. And they have a little conversation back and forth. Like a real thing you would hear on Mad Men. Honestly, if you want to go this route, you have to give us something to latch onto. And they kind of don't. Yeah, they don't. We go forward and we just have some wacky stuff happen. Uh, because well, we move forward. Uh, Bart is now a better reader. And he says, oh, Ulysses, you only helped me read this one book. And she says, no, no, I, I, you can read all books better now because, you know, that's how reading works. Once you get better at one, you move on to the others. And that's kind of where we leave it right there. Uh, we'll pick it up. But this 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 B plot goes absolutely <laughs> nowhere, really. But it's still a million times better. No, I really like the. It's very sweet. Like It is. It's wonderful. But it, it, it gets a total of, what, six minutes out of the episode? If that. Like, if like yeah. there, it is literally three scenes. It is three scenes. It is Bart can't read well. Lisa says she'll help. Bart, we, then the next one is Bart reading. And then the last one is Bart reading to the bullies. It's all there is. Yeah, but it works. I, uh, I we mean, go back to... It's, I, it's good, but what, like, why is it only three scenes? What happens after, Matt? What happens with the bullies? What, do we know? There's no... We don't have any... There's no ending. It's just ha- things are happening. Nope. Bart's just a better reader now. <sighs> okay. The bullies are, are, like him for it. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, now we get to the scene we talked about earlier with Homer having an existential crisis on the couch, and it is so baffling what is going on. That I, I just this this one scene derails the rest of the episode for me. Homie, what are you doing? My work is so meaningless. You make electricity. It runs the hospital. You can't touch electricity, March. You can't feel it. That's because it would kill you. It already is killing me, Marge. You're the only one I can talk to. My wife just doesn't get it. I'm your wife. My job is my wife. Loneliness, my mistress. Despair, my sex buddy. Angst is a chick I met online, but then it turned out it was really a guy. I'm going to bed. You don't understand me. Only she understands me. Another round, kid? Uh, Then there is at least a minute of Maggie drunk uh, drunk on milk driving her little toy car crashing it and then homer telling some toy police that he wasn't there when it happened I, how many times are we gonna get a joke about a baby drinking milk and treating it like she's drunk uh the simpsons love it so a lot it's just is grandpa jokes like what is this this grandpa jokes this like this is the scene where you treat it seriously matt like they they are taking this seriously mm-hmm you cannot so the scene cannot be Homer babbling and like quoting a bunch of cliches and tropes. Like he's self aware that he knows that he's in a parody. This is the scene where he has to talk about why it's really troubling him because this is not about like I it wants to be like heartfelt and emotional, I think, but it doesn't know how to engage on that level, I don't think. And so we're just, I'm just confused. Like, what is he doing? What is Homer? Is Homer, has Homer watched Mad Men? I wish I could tell you, okay. Robbie. Because that's the only I, way that I, that explains this, is that he's watched the show and he's quoting it, basically. Which he hasn't. 
I don't think Mad Men exists in The Simpsons yet at this point in the yet. show. I'm uh, sure they probably do reference it at some point directly, but whatever. Probably, probably. Um, but yes, at, at this point, uh, we go to a commercial. This, we were, this is the end of the act. We go fade out to a commercial because you need some time to think about this and replace the thoughts of this episode with uh, capitalism. <laughs> to be fair, Matt. I, if you would show me 20 minutes of commercials, it'd probably be just as entertaining. <laughs> probably. Um, so we come back from a commercial at 13 minutes. Exactly. So Marge sees the problem with Homer, even though Marge Homer is, we haven't yet. We've literally had zero scenes where Homer and Marge talk to each other like humans in this episode. <laughs> not, not a single one time. Like Homer got a promotion without even talking to his wife about it. Like, there's not even a... Well, Homer just... Uh, the, Homer doesn't even accept the promotion. It's just... You're you're an accounts exec now. That's it. You don't even get a choice. I, I Yeah, that's the thing where you're like, well, does he not tell Marge? Do they not go... Does he not call Marge and go, hey, 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 we're... I, I, I have a new job. Like, no, we don't even get... um, some, But Marge is deciding, I guess, now this is a Marge episode too, Matt, which is strange to me. Uh. And it further complicates, like, what is this episode actually trying to be? Um, she goes to Marlo's house. How does she know where he lives? They've never spoken before. Did she ask Homer for his home address? Or did she get it from the power plant? I don't know. Like, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really matter, but it's just, he's like, why, how are these characters interacting for the first time at his house and he's retired? Okay. Marge talks to Marlo and he tries to seduce her multiple times but with magic powers apparently i'm sorry to bother you at home mr marlowe but my husband's acting pretty odd coming home late drinking in the morning wake me when you get too odd hmm. i don't suppose you'd consider taking your old job back so homie can go back to his old job sorry marge that account job hollowed me out like a cheap chocolate bunny I've been divorced three times, I've got a cocktail addiction, a shrimp cocktail addiction, and I can't stop bending women to my sexual will. Wow, you certainly won't be bending me. Wait, how did I end up in your bedroom? Lady, I am smoother than an Eisenhower-era freeway. Look, I came to talk about my husband, and how did we get in here? I think better in the shower. There's room in here for two. I'm a happily married woman. Wow, no woman's ever done that to me before. Your husband is a lucky man. I know, and I don't want him to stray from anything except his diet. And I don't really want him to do that. Marge, I made a big mistake years ago. I gave up on my family. Then I gave up on my secret other family. I missed my son's graduation, my father's funeral, and my dog's best in show. Don't let Homer make the mistakes I did. Luann? It's not what you think. It's much weirder. Gotta love Kirk and Luann being weird. Uh, do I? No, you don't, and you shouldn't. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on, Matt. Uh, but Mar- Marge, Marge, and Marlo are like teleporting around because of his persuasive ability. Apparently, I guess. Um, and it, <laughs> is this a? I, I guess that's a conceit from Mad Men, I guess, but it's still also just very it's, it's very strange. I, I don't understand how it connects back to Homer uh, because Marlo doesn't they don't advance the story in any way, this conversation. Like, no, neither of these characters are changed 
and the plot doesn't change. There's no jokes in this. Um, maybe I don't like this episode. I thought I almost. I thought this episode was okay. Um, <laughs> That's why I was so confused. I was like, "You kind of like this episode?" I mean, I don't necessarily like episode... it, Matt. I think I think it's okay. Ultimately, I do still think it's okay. It is an okay episode. It's not abysmal. At uh, worst, it's kind of nonsensical, but there are laughs in it. And, you know, I'll take that occasionally. Um, this is where we get the final, the final scene of the very tiny B plot of this episode, where with the Bart reading stuff, this is where the, he gets caught reading by the bullies, and the bullies make him read to them, and then they are entranced by Little Women. Um, a Little Women apparently it does it to Simpsons men. I mean, we saw Mo reading it to uh, the the at the homeless shelter, and now it works on the bully. So apparently, that's all you have to do to wayward men is read them Little Women. I mean, uh, Little Women's fine. I wouldn't. It's. I don't know. I'm not a huge. I, uh, I think Little Women's perfectly fine. It's, but I would not be the thing I would. And also the fact that they've already done that joke with Mo, I would think you'd have him read. Like, there's lots of books you could have. Lisa, like, he's reading Little Women because Lisa wanted to hear Little Women. There's lots of other books it could be, but whatever. Um, Matt writes, this is better than a plot. I agree, but it's also the end of this plot, <laughs> so there's no more of it. <laughs> um, so now Marge confronts Homer. She goes to Homer's office, confronts him at work, and Homer comes up with some kind of solution for both problems he's facing. Your wife is here, Mr. S. Tell her I'm at a meeting, not drinking. This is a whisper-amplifying intercom. <laughs> Homer, I want you to come with me and the kids on a family vacation. Of course, of course. Family is everything to us company men. Now, where shall we go on your vacation? The farthest thing from this office I know. Rafting down Rattler River Canyon. Mm -hmm. That's great. Let me run the numbers, because I really want the Simpson account. And give these cigars to your children. Don't talk to me like I'm a client. You're not a client. You're the client. <laughs> Simpson, put on your charm their pants off pants. The mumpy shelves in Washington are sending their sternest band of nuclear regulators, hand-picked to resist all blandishment. I'll handle it. I always do. Rafting, eh? It's a perfect way to entertain them. Finally, humanity has found a use for water. Mr. Burns? I can't go rafting with you because... Wait a minute, could this all work? Oh, no, you don't! Goggly-doggly! It all fits. Mr. Burns, rafting it is! Excellent. But, Mr. S, you just promised this week to Mrs. S, Master B, and Mamselle's L&M. Now relax, Dottie. Leave everything to me. Hmm? Uh, this... Story has been kind of like tumbling around in this act, Matt. Mm -hmm. It hasn't gone, you know, the, it hasn't gone completely off the rails. Now, now it has. This is immediately. This is a, this is the 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 train was was jostling. It was threatening. It, we're going off the rails. This is we have entered sitcom territory with this final act. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to talk about it. We go to our final commercial. It's 17 minutes and four seconds. And oh boy, if you've ever seen the thing in sitcoms where you, the person has two dates uh, at the same restaurant, that's basically what's going on here. Thankfully, we have almost no time left, so it's incredibly short. So Homer has his family on one raft, 
he jumps off, swims over to the other raft where Mr. Burns and like five, I guess, potential customers are. Uh, for some reason, there are DVDs. He accidentally puts on a kid's DVD on the business raft and a uh, girl's gone wild on the family raft, which, oh boy, that's traumatizing to Bart, I'm sure. Uh, then the, the business people ask him to make a Long Island iced tea. And it just, it's, it's so dumb. It is, it is every bad sitcom trope ever. Thankfully, it culminates pretty quickly and Homer has to make a choice. Homer, are you schmoozing those men? <laughs> um, I think we're supposed to get off here. Take us out first. Anyone can start a family. These days, no one can find a job. Let's see. My family gives me love and sex. My work gives me money and sleep. Hurry, we're heading for the falls! My co-workers are like a family, but in some ways my family is like a family too. For God's sakes, Homer, I've given you three children. Whose side are you on? Yours, homie. I'm always on yours. How ironic. I survived the Titanic by making a raft out of steerage passengers. And now this. Mr. Burns, your heart will go on. Marlo, I thought you retired. I can't. Treasury bills are paying nothing. Nothing! Marlo, if you have your entire retirement in Treasury bills, what in the world are you even doing? Anyway, as you can see, this is incredibly stupid. All the customers go over the... the waterfall and, and die i guess uh or well i get not because eventually he's, we'll have a denouement with uh marlo and homer and burns drinking where homer tells him oh you know you were gonna let me die so i should fire you but you cut operating expenses by six percent so i guess you can just have your old job back yeah 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 uh and then homer plays with the kids and falls over the waterfall into down you know 40, 50 feet onto the jagged rocks below and is fine and finds gold. Like, what even are we doing here? It is baffling to me. And, like, this final act is inexplicable. This whole episode, up until this point, this episode is fine. There's a couple of laughs. Yeah, the third act meanders and kind of, like, loses the plot a little bit. But if you had a good fourth act that brought all those threads together, tied it all up, it would be fine. It would be a fine episode. And pro- and for like for season 23, it'd probably be good even uh, like, but this last act is insane. It is just here. They are. We have to have a business meeting and a family outing on rafts at the same time. Like, even if it was at a campground, right? And they're at adjacent campsites. And Homer's running back and forth. Even that is more, like, makes more sense, I guess, than him swimming back and forth through river that there's, like, rafting on. And if the situation is supposed to be purposefully absurd, and, like, it's supposed to be, oh, this is obviously parody, right? A parody, like, but Mad Men doesn't do this. Mad Men doesn't have, like, weird sitcom stuff going on. Like, this is, like, 70s sitcom stuff. Maybe, like, 80s, like, Family Matters or something like that. But even then, like, what is this? Why? I guess because they wanted, they they felt they didn't have enough jokes, so they thought, oh, let's throw a bunch of stupid crap in here to get old people to laugh, and that's how we're going to wrap it up. 
But this, what's funny about this? Bart accidentally watching girls gone wild. A weird it's a funny very, to old men, I guess. A very strange, like a very strange video about di- a kid, children's show. We see like we do see like thirty seconds of this. By the way, it's a fair amount of time in this episode. Oh, that is just like I'm guessing it's a parody of children's a children's like cartoon about diversity where it has a paper paper clip marrying a stapler or, or something i don't remember it's like off weird office something along those lines i don't know what i don't know I, like it's so like it's not even like clear to me that this is parody it's just so odd that i don't know how to contextualize it uh <laughs> which you could say about the, the whole fourth act I'm happy that that they have they build up. It's Matt. They build up goodwill with me for 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 three acts where I go. Oh, maybe this will be okay. I I I don't know honestly that that third act. Well, honestly, once Homer sits on the couch and just starts having weird fake existential despair, they it starts to go downhill, and it's not a quickly going downhill. But as soon as we hit the fourth act, you're right. It just careens off the hill into a light pole dropping electric wires onto it and shocking the hell out of all of us. I it you're you're right that 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 scene is bad. I can forgive it if it could just it felt like oh oh you wobble a little bit and then you get back on track. You'll be okay. They don't know what they're doing sometimes. And I don't it there's no universe that this episode is really good because it's just it it doesn't it's not well defined. It doesn't understand what kind of parody it wants to be. Uh at best, it could be fine, and I'm honestly, man. At this point, I'll take a fine episode, you know, every week. But <laughs> in season twenty-three, yeah, yeah. But see, this fourth act just—it makes me go, wait a minute, what? What's go- what? Who? Who? What? Uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, Robbie, is this episode broken? <sighs> I don't know, man. That fourth it's act. It's tough. That fourth act, like that's the thing, like. It's very close to not being broken. It's very close. Like, it's on the line of being broken or not broken. And I'm not positive which... I I, it, I think it's not. I want to say I'm going to err on the side of it's not broken. But that fourth act really ch- tests me where I go, wait a minute. Like, because it does technically wrap up the loose ends of, like... Homer decides his family is more important than his job by literally saving them from a waterfall... Which there is no you don't need here. It's not broken, but I'm gonna say this. You don't need to have an action set piece in every ending of every episode. You don't, Simpsons. What are, are you, you sure, Robbie? It certainly seems like you do. I it, it, like did was it a mandate? Did like did every time they write an episode, did someone did they write this episode and then they brought it in and Al Jean read the script and then pointed at a sign on the wall that said required fourth act fourth act action set piece ending action set piece at the end. We need it. Why? Like, do people not understand stakes unless there's like physical dangers involved? Like, there can be stakes without physical danger. You can have stakes just because of, you know, emotional ramifications of social consequences. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I, this happens all the, every week for years. Uh-huh. But it's not, okay, I say that it's not quite broken. It does not push over the edge. I think that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it's so close, 
but it just poorly finished. Homie, hom- homie, Homer pushes the raft, the pushes the episode to safety right before it careens off a waterfall. Uh, homie. I mean, to be fair, he was pushing it towards the waterfall, but something else took it out. Before I, it I guess that's fair. Uh, not broken this week. We move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I ask our supporters on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show to leave their review for an episode. I read them on the air first from Tim. I think we may have consecutive episodes cracked the top 200, which I don't believe has happened in the past 10 seasons. I have some bad, I have some, I have some bad news for that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to. I, I appreciate your optimism. While the inciting incident was longer than it needed to be, in the end, I found this to be both entertaining and even slightly heartwarming, with a few laugh-out-loud jokes in there as well, like how John Slaughter reacted as Roger Sterling, but adjusted for the power plant. Another case of a guest actor supplementing rather than distracting from the plot. Yeah, John Slaughter did a, did a good job. That's true, yeah. Uh, I was saying that John Slaughter does a great job. Uh, he Basically, I, I like the way the writers wrote for him, and I like the way he performed it. Like We got really lucky that they didn't try have him try and play himself or something else weird like that. Yeah, he did. They gave him a name. I can't emphasize enough. Name like Andy Garcia did not have a name last week. That's the thing. Like they don't. Why name your yeah. characters? It's not. It doesn't. Like just even if it's just in the credits, they have a name. Okay. Um, uh, Mo leaving out a pint of beer for Homer. Then falling asleep made me think. Hey, this guy is a real person. And I have to admit to laughing at Homer's joke to Hibbert and Cletus about monogamy being the same as bigamy. Make this number one seventy two canon and just shorten the time you have with Krusty and the ad execs. I like the time with Krusty and the Attic Sex. Made me laugh. I like Krusty being a slimy guy who sells vodka. Uh, mm-hmm. From Dara, last week was the best episode in seasons, and this week was the funniest? Maybe it's the cold meds. Maybe it's the cold meds, but I legit laughed multiple times. The only downside to this episode was Maggie, quote-unquote, drunk driving, a thrown-together ending, and a reminder that Redonculus used to be a thing. Not perfect, but it will move nicely into my third best episode of season 23. It was going to be second until I realized the B-plot was literally just filler. How did Bart learn so quickly? Did he ever differentiate voices? Why is The Little Women the Simpsons' favorite go-to book? Oh, now I'm left with questions. I hate when they do that. <laughs> You're... Dara, I... I'm right there with you. It's best not to think about it. Uh, from Dark... Derek? Derek? Derek. I have Dara and Derek right next to each other. Derek. More than anything, this was just boor- This was just so boring. I could see at every turn how none of the plot made sense, how fractured it was, how humorless it was, yet I was so lethargic and so numb to it, it only registered apathy in me. The ending was probably the most egregious, with the cliched sitcom setup playing out without a thread of shred of irony. It didn't annoy me, though, because I couldn't care less just soliciting a whatever response from me. The B-plot, or those three nothing scenes, was so limp and lifeless and threadbare, I thought the writers had just downed a bottle of dreamy, sleepy, nighty, snoozy, snooze TM. Is this, am I missing something, Matt? Is this a joke that I'm not aware of? Uh, if you're not aware of it, neither am I. Okay. We're dozing off when writing it. No, I was watching it. Derek, explain yourself. Did you make this up, or is this referencing something that me and Matt are too old to know? Because <laughs> that is possible. Um, from JJ, finally. Well, not as good as last week. This is still surprisingly watchable for the most part. It was consistently funny. It had a grounded premise in which Homer is actually written like a human being who we're able to empathize with. Well, not as tight or memorable as a Golden Years episode, it, it at least felt like The Simpsons until the hacky, hacky sitcom ending with Homer having to be in two places at once. And then the waterfall, which made no sense. Why would the area to disembark a raft be right before a waterfall? 
Why would you even go rafting down a river with a waterfall so close? Some of the most forced, perplexing, unnecessary action sequences the show has ever had. The episode was doing so well. I also like the idea behind the B-plot. I just wish it went somewhere and actually had an ending. Overall, still better than what we're used to. I think that's... I think that's what actually... I think JJ gets to that, Matt, where, like, I think it's just because this is better than what I'm used to the past few years that I just go... Yeah, the ending's bad, but I still kind of think it's fine because it's better than what we are used to. All right, that's it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Lister Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Lister Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite childhood book? Let that open uh, for, for, for interpretation, and you guys, you guys all... Understood. You understood the assignment. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Tim, I'll go with the Hardy Boys series, which really got me into reading about age eight. I think I realized at the time that the writing experienced a substantial shift around 1960. The earlier versions were a lot edgier, while the later versions were a lot less cynical about authority figures. Hmm. Weird. Uh, from Dara, Baby Book, Go Dog Go. Childhood, One Day at Horrorland by R.L. Stein, my favorite horror author, until Robbie's books came out. Oh, Dara, you're so sweet. Oh, sweet. Uh, teenage Master of the Game by Sidney Sheldon. Still reread it once a year. Definitely not age appropriate, but to quote Mitch Hedberg, every book is a kid's book if the kid can read. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. Uh, from Elliot Child, the famous Five series by Ian Blyton. Although there's a lot to be said for them being of their time. Teenager, the Alex Ryder series by Anthony Horowitz. Teenage Spy was much cooler than Wizard. Well, yeah, because Wizards are boring. What? Matt, how dare you? Wizards are boring. Would, I'm going to put that on your I would tombstone. much rather have a spy than a wizard. I would rather have any sci-fi hero than uh, a wizard. Like, wizards are just... Ugh. I'm so tired of fantasy. You know anyway, that, there's a lot. Of, you know there's a lot of fantasy out there. There's no wizards in it. I know. I'm tired of the medieval setting as well. Like, if you give me modern-day fantasy that doesn't have wizards in it, I will be more than happy to uh, read that. But mm. We'll have a discussion about mm. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, from Andy, in elementary school, I was a huge fan of Encyclopedia Brown. One of the first chapter books I really enjoyed was My Side of the Mountain by Gene Craighead George. It's a book that got me really interested in the outdoors. I am right there with you, Andy, with Encyclopedia Brown. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Uh, from Derek, I love Roddy Doyle's The Meanwhile Adventures and will read it over and over again. It's hilarious and completely surreal with the narrative delving into bizarre tangents all the time. And when it's focused, it's still absurd with person- personified malevolent cracker biscuits being a mainstay throughout the book. Uh, real quick, personified malevolent cracker biscuits being the mainstay. Sure, you 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 heard. Yeah, okay, you heard him. I, I thought I read that right, but all right. <laughs> the chapters jump from chapter five to chapter seventeen point five to chapter. What chapter is this again? Hang on. It was so entertaining, and because it was written by an author known for his rather explicit adult works, this is a children's book that doesn't undermine their intelligence and is just rude and crude enough whilst never being inappropriate. Great stuff. Might read it again, actually, for that sweet nostalgia hit. Okay, that sounds very interesting. Reminds me of Sideways Store as from uh, Westside School. Wayside School. Whatever you call it. Yeah. Wayside School. Thank you. Uh, from Iron Sheik 84, my favorite book as a child was Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. It was also one of the few times a book I'd read for pleasure ended up being required reading later on. Never heard of that, but that sounds great. You, what? 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 Maniac, Maniac McGee? McGee? You've never heard of Maniac McGee, man? No. What is that? This is, this is probably... You youngins what, in your books. Youngins. I'm not that much younger than you, Matt. I, Maniac McGee is of your era. You could still have read Maniac McGee. I don't know how you didn't read Maniac McGee. 
I am you should no go back. And, you, sh- you could read it in roughly 35 minutes. You should go back and read it. <laughs> Maybe I will then. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, from Funny Film Fan, the monster at the end of this book was my favorite, and it was a lot of fun to read to my kids, too. Oh, that is a classic to this day. Uh, from Kasumi Ryleth, uh, any of the Berenstain Bear books, really. However, if pressed to name only one, then that one would be the Berenstain Bears get stage fright. As someone who loves being on stage and wanted to be an actor, this book helped me to get over my own personal stage fright. Aw. You mean the Baron, Robbie, what you is mean, your choice? You mean, you mean the Berenstain Bears? Yes, the Berenstain Bears, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that what I said? The Berenstain Bears. <laughs> uh, my answer, I, I have so many. I But I think today... Because I could pick, you know, many books I read as a kid that influenced me a lot. Um, I'm going to pick Martin the Warrior. Oh, that the Redwall series. Oh, yeah, Redwall series, Brian Jacques. But Martin the Warrior was the first one I read. Um, and then I kind of dove in. Uh, you know, they are all take place in the same kind of setting uh, and have a lot of the similar characters, some shared characters and less shared mythos because they take place in different times where – the characters you read, you read the story of a character and then you read another story that takes place three generations later. And that character is now a legend to these other characters, but it's basically a woodland kind of medieval setting where, uh, the animals are, are, you know, in the Redwall Abbey, uh, are, it's all animal characters. Uh, but they are all, you know, where (laughs) Tolkien kind of made it so that all the evil monsters are orcs and goblins and trolls, uh, all the evil animals are snakes and, and predators, right? All the predatory animals are the dangerous ones for the most part. And then you have all the good characters are like mice and, and, and badgers and things like that. Um, it's all right, Robbie. Thanks a lot. Now I have to go add every one of those books to my reading list. I never finished them. I know there's a lot of them. I, I, and I think it's also seal the deal because when I was a kid, I loved them so much. I wrote a letter to Brian Jacques, uh, cause I found his address on, on the very early internet. It was posted online and I wrote him a letter and he wrote me a letter back and sent me an autograph. And oh, wow. It was like, and he has passed since. And I was very sad when that happened, but I do cherish, you know, the letter I received and the fact that, you know, all those books were very formative to me. Uh, and they still, you can still read them as an adult and they still give you, uh, they're really heavy even like for kids. They are technically they are. for there's, kids books. There's but... a lot of bad stuff that happens in those. Holy cow. Yeah. They, I actually had to stop reading them because I was having nightmares about some of the stuff. The, and some of them. This the, was when I was in like third or fourth grade. The bad guys are bad. Like they, they are not like these little team, like, Oh no, we're going to keep it safe. No, the bad guys do really bad stuff. And it was the most awesome thing in the world to me when I was a kid. And Martin is awesome. I love, like, I literally just had the thought the other day, like, if I could have any replica weapon, I want Martin's sword. And I found a YouTube video of someone forging a replica of Martin's sword. And that is the awesomest thing in the world to me. Matt, what's your answer? Oh, this was a tough one. Um, I kind of had to go with uh, the AI Gang series by Bruce Colville. Uh, I read this probably like second or third grade. Uh, it seems very appropriate now uh, because it's about a group of scientists who have secluded themselves and their kids on an island trying to come up with the best way to have artificial general intelligence. Uh, and it turns out that the kids help uh, inadvertently and end up stopping a horrible person from basically taking over the AI. Uh, and it's really good. Uh, Bruce Colville's... Uh, Kids stuff is really great, honestly. Uh, it is, you know, kind of sci-fi oriented. Uh, if you've ever read uh, My Teacher is an Alien, I think it's the other series. Um, 
great stuff for kids. It teaches them to be wary of uh, authority figures, but you know that they're not all bad kind of thing. Uh, close runner up to um, uh, Ender's Game. Uh, I read that in fifth grade, and it turns out that's a little early to read Ender's Game. Um, some really bad stuff happens in that series. Uh, thankfully, I didn't get much past the first book, uh, and that one is mostly comprehensible to a ten year old, but it had some rough bits. Ender's Game is a good book. The author. Yeah, the author, not so much. Yeah, not don't, so don't much. look up what Orson Scott Card is saying right now. It's yeah, Orson not Scott Card's not a good guy. He's uh, I read Ender's Game as well before I understood that, oh, Orson Scott Card's like a, a, a homophobic nut job. Um, yeah, Bruce Colville's great. I read lots of Bruce Colville as a kid, and I loved it. I loved his, I loved his scarier stuff, like his horror books and the alien books, like I, the sci-fi, that like that stuff too. It was a lot of fun. Um, all the YAR of that era, obviously R.L. Stein. I could, you know, I can go on forever. Um, goosebumps, incredibly formative to me. Um, thanks everyone for your answers. Next week's question: What's your favorite commercial that you've ever seen? That is going to be a tough one. Hmm. I will take a, some answers that are about how bad capitalism is and how all advertising is soul-sucking and destructive in, in, in general. <laughs> but not too many of them. But those. not too many of them, okay? I would like some real answers. You can. It's okay to indulge and say you enjoy a commercial. It's okay. It's fine. Um, there's no ethical consumption of commercials and capitalism and enjoyment of them, t- for that matter. But I post this question on our subreddit, which is R The Simpsons Show. Uh, I post a question on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show, and you can email us, thesimpsonshowpod at gmail.com. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The no Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Uh, I haven't done... I'm, I'm... Wait. Four, nine, ten. Five-point lead on Matt. I did math real quick. I'm sorry. I have a five-point lead on Matt so far this season, and I'm doing my best to uh, combat Matt's wily tactics of asking me impossible questions. Oh, yeah, uh, impossible. Totally impossible. Okay, Matt. I'm not asking you. I'm like, I, I, you know who I am, okay? I'm dumb. You have to... <laughs> That is not true. I'm, I'm, when it comes to Matt, I'm, I am almost positive that I know less Simpsons trivia now than when we started this podcast. That's definitely possible, because now your brain is like, oh, I've got all of these stupid things going on. I I, I, I firmly believe that I am worse at Simpsons trivia than I am when I started. Than I, when we started this podcast, I, certain, I believe it. Maybe it's not true, but I do believe it. All right, you ready for an easy question? As ready as I'll ever be. In Stark Raving Dad, Homer is pulled out of work for what reason? Because he wore a pink shirt. That is correct. All right. Uh, your easy question. In I'm Going to Praise Land, who is Praise Land dedicated to? Maud Flanders. You are correct. All right. Matt, your medium question. This is a Golden Years episode, so I made the, them mm-hmm. all, the, the medium hard, pretty difficult. What three things does Homer see in their Rorschach blots? Oh, okay. This is the medium question? Mm-hmm. Jesus. So he says them out loud. Okay. Okay. Um, more shocking plots. I know one of them is the boy. The, okay, um, you got one. Uh, there is a spill with ants going after it. 
Okay. Um, and the devil with his fly open. That's the other one. I, I don't remember if it's specifically spilled on the floor, but there's there's a spill on the floor the ants are going after. The devil with his fly open and the boy, which causes him to go nuts. So devil with his fly open, the boy, and mm-hmm. it, it is a spill on the floor with, with ants going after Bugs going after it is the actual oh, answer, Lord. Matt. Uh-huh. And I'll give you the points. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you the points. It's not ants, but you're really close. I'll give you <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that's the mean All question, right, Matt. Be- and you got it right. Okay? Don't I don't want to yeah. hear it. Oh, you're so hard, Robbie. Okay. Those questions are so difficult. <sighs> All right. Your medium question. What Old Testament prophet did Rachel Jordan find a rhyme for? That impresses the Simpsons, and I'm going to Praiseland. Old Testament prophet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a prophet. He's an Old Testament person. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't think he's a book of the Bible, but it's been a while. I'm not even sure it's a real person that I think about. <laughs> Good. Thanks, Matt. Um, it's an old, uh, old Testament name. I get it. Um, it would be a Bath, Bathsara, Bathsara, Zeb, something like that. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I know the episode you're thinking of. I know this is Hezekiah. Hezekiah. There's lots of names with Aya at the end. That's not that bad. Uh, that, that's not that hard, right? Okay. Uh, yes, apparently he was a king of Judah uh, who, who uh, pushed back against the Neo-Assyrian Empire under Sargon the Great. Oh, great. There's nothing more mm-hmm. boring to me in, in in the world than than <laughs> biblical history. Like, literally, you can name, name something more boring to me than the actual history of the things they talk about in the Bible. Uh-huh. All right, Matt, your hard question. And this is hard. And you're not getting partial credit. I need all your answers. Oh, gosh, okay. Who are the nine people visible on the game of telephone hearing about the arrival of, quote-unquote, Michael Jackson? The nine people... There's a, oh, the, oh, so like you, they, they start calling each other back and forth. So yes. Like, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Okay. Right. Uh, obviously, the first one is Bart and then Milhouse. And then... After that, Bart and Milhouse don't count. After it's, the, it's all, oh, they don't out, count? Jeez. They, okay. They're not the nine people on Visible. On, on, this is after they've already started it. So the, those nine people okay. after Bart okay. and Milhouse. I'm going to go with Nelson, Martin, Sherry, Terry, Barney, uh, Kent Brockman, Bumblebee Man... Krusty, uh, I think I got a couple more in there. Uh, we'll go with uh, Patty and or Selba, if I can count as one. <laughs> um, and Arnie Pie in the Sky. I believe you got two right, Matt. <laughs> uh, okay. The focus early on on the kids was a mistake. The kids are gone at, after Bart and Oh, Mouse. really? Okay. So we have uh, it from... Left from going from left to right and down the there's it's a three by three grid effectively on screen and they pop in until all nine are visible. So you have Snake, uh, is is the first one, then Patty or Selma. You don't know who it is, but it's one of them. Uh, Barney. So you got Patty or Selma and Barney, those are the two you got right, I'm pretty sure. Because then you have Dr. Hibbert, uh, a barfly. One of the barflies, I forget which one, okay. but I don't know if they've ever named this bar, barfly versus the other barflies. Um, Mo, Grandpa, and those are the easy ones because the final two are <laughs> impossibly hard. One is Sylvia Winfield. Oh, yeah. Who is the neighbor played by Tracy Ullman in Bart's Dog Gets an F. Um, but at least she has a name. 
the the final person you see, and these are all and they the all these stills were taken from earlier episodes. Oh wow. Because the final person is the receptionist for the rubber baby buggy bumper babysitting service. Oh gosh. Okay. Who, well, I was never gonna get that. Who doesn't have a name. She's just the receptionist, but they clearly took the still for her or the little clip of her from that episode. Of course. Of and course. used it in Star Craving Dot, which was in season two, so I understand they had to cut corners. Those are the nine, man. You got two. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. All right, your hard question. I'm sure we've asked this before, but Probably. I'm gonna ask it again. What three flavors does Revan Lovejoy three flavors of ice cream does Revan Lovejoy offer Bart and Lisa at the church carnival? Oh boy, they are all Bible related. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna get these. Mad. Um, Bible related. Uh, so they are they named after Bible characters or by books of the Bible? No, they're just you know puns on oh, Bible stuff. Uh, uh, then I, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the, I'm I'm desperately trying to think of like a Bible pun with ice cream flavors. Uh. I'll, th- I'll like there has to be it's probably like vanilla chocolate and then a wild card is my guess like mint chocolate chip I would do all or, three or rum raisin are... or something. Hmm. I don't know, Matt. I don't have an answer. I don't. I don't know any okay. of them. All right, it is blessed virgin berry, commandment, and Bible gum. That's terrible. It is. It the, really the, is. Those are not funny. Like I guess the point is that nope. is that they're not funny. They wouldn't be funny. Like the pe- like the guy. I think that's an interesting conundrum that we don't really talk about a lot because there's sometimes where you have to write lame characters, right? And the you know Reverend Lovejoy, <laughs> and you have to have them make jokes that aren't really that funny, right? They're not gonna, but I think you can do both. Like, what do you think about when you, when I think about Ned Flanders? I always like one of the top things when I think about Flanders. I think about with a glass of water on the side for dipping, right? Mm-hmm. And that is like using lame things that are still funny. Like, it's so bland and boring, it goes all the way around to being funny again. And I feel like <laughs> it's not an excuse to, like, oh, this guy's lame, he wouldn't make something funny. I feel like you could still come up with something funny that is still, quote-unquote, lame. And, like, Biblegum in particular, that is nothing. Like, the the Virgin Berry is something, and so, Commandment, that's something, but Biblegum, that's nothing. That's literally, like, okay. Now we're talking about an episode from, what, season 14? What am I doing? Yeah. What am I yeah. doing in my life? Matt has gotten two points, but he's now he's only three points behind. See, this is what happens, guys. This is what happens. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is why I have to be cruel. Because this is what I do. I pick I one week. I go, oh, I'll do a Golden Years episode. I haven't Golden Years episode a long time. And then I do it, and Matt immediately gets points back on me. That's what happens. And these questions are hard. <laughs> these I wouldn't know anything but the easy question on this without looking it up. And Matt got the medium question with barely any struggle. He's just like, hey, it's this and this. And then, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> I struggled on one of them. You, struggling, Matt, it took you six seconds. Me struggling, it takes me like literally three minutes of deliberation. Uh-huh. And that's me like cramming, like tr- like trying to scrape the bottom of my brain. Or like trying to, all the gunk that I used to know about The Simpsons has been forgotten. That's it for trivia this week. We move on to our final segment, the segment we win every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Not in the top 200. 
No, no, there's there's a lot wrong with this episode. I, I it, yeah, <sighs> it, it's it is one of those ones where it's fine. The ending is bad. Um, it, it, I it made me I laughed a couple times. I'll say that it made me laugh no. a couple times. Uh, John Slattery does a, a good job as as Rob, as Robert Marlowe. Um, you know, basically playing his Madman character again, though with a little bit of a twist. But it kind of this episode just the plot kind of goes off the rails and it loses steam as it goes. And the fourth act is terrible. It is just nonsense. It has nothing to do with the rest of this episode. It's just a sitcom ending. Um, is this better than Homer's Odyssey, our worst episode of season one? Oh God, uh, where is Homer's Odyssey? Two eighty three. I think this is better than Homer's Odyssey, man. Yeah, I was actually looking at uh, the other season 23 episode that's kind of nearer than 200s. Uh, Bart Stops to Smell the Roosevelt. I think that one was better than this one. Not by much, but slightly better. You think that's that one's better than this one? Yes. Okay. That is number 239. I think you're right. Um, I mean, that's where I was down at Homer's Odyssey, because that was the one where I yeah. went for sure. I think this is better than that. Um I mean, we've got the, the worst episode of season two, Dance and Homer's at 249. Would you rather watch that again or this again? That Dance and Homer's better. I was actually looking yeah, at okay. uh, Last of the Red Hot Mamas. I think that's better than <laughs> that's, this. I that one too. Yeah, yeah. That's better than this. Um, Special Sweet Edna. Marge. Special, Special Edna is better than this. Take My Wife Sleaze is better than this. Eeny, Teeny, Maya, Mo is better than this. And then I think that's that's the last episode I have for a while before I'm, where I'm like, that's for sure better. Hunk of hunk of yeah. birds in love. Eh, Bar to the yeah, future. I mean, so season twenty two, the great Simpsina. That's two seventy. I think I'd rather watch that than this. Uh, what's oh is that? That's the that's the uh, the the magician, the magician one. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think fourth that's... act completely falls apart. But yeah. yeah, I yes, I think that is better. I agree with you, um, Lisa the Drama Queen. Hmm, Lisa the Drama Queen. Which one's Lisa the Drama Queen? That one? I can't remember. Uh, season twenty. I have no clue. It's not even that bad. Like that. That title's not terrible. I would honestly. Oh, that's the yeah. Heavenly Creatures one. That's the one with the little girl, the other little girl where they oh, see things. Oh yeah. Um, Emily yeah. Juliet. Um, which I think is very com- comparable to this. It's again another like it's another direct parody of something that kind of falls apart. Doesn't really make sense. Um, that's buoyed by a lot of really fun animation and interesting stuff. I think they're very comparable. Okay, so I would say right below that, a couple of spots, is Marge Gamer. I think I would rather watch this than Marge Gamer. Yeah, I think it's really close for me. I think it's also very comparable, where it's another episode where I like things in it, but it kind of falls mm-hmm. apart at times. Uh, I think this is better than Lisa the Drama Queen. I think this is funnier than Lisa the Drama Queen, which is why I put it above Lisa the Drama Queen. I think it, they're, they're really close. I think this is just yeah. above that. I'm good with that. That's the man... In the blue flannel pants, uh, season 23. It's a new number 271 on our list, which is a terrible, right? That's like, we're, no. we're getting up to 460 plus episodes on this list so far. So 270 is not awful. 271 is not awful. Um, it is right below the great Simpsona, right above Lisa, the drama queen. Um, New number 78 on our post-Golden Years ranking, which also not bad uh, for when that goes down to... Two, that It looks better when you do in that ranking, Matt. 
because that's 272 episodes post golden years and this is in the 70s that's not bad right no that's out of not bad. Two, out of 270 it's in the 70s it's it's not doing okay um we're not done though yet we got one more thing to do one more question to answer that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon I think it stays, Matt. I think so, too. There's nothing particularly bad about this. No, it's not a good episode. We've seen episodes like it before, but there's nothing so egregious about it that it needs to go. No, and, and like, that's, a, and you know, we talk about, I, I at least always talk about, like, I, you, it has to be pretty egregious for it to be kicked out. Like, I want to include as much as possible. Like, and I think there are things in here that I think are funny and are worth watching. And I think there's parts of this where you, you sh- this is not a skip episode. I think you should watch this one. I think if I made a list of all the episodes, like, this is effectively what the canon is. Like, should I watch this episode? In If I'm watching every episode of The Simpsons, which one should I skip? Which one should I should watch? You should watch this one. Um there's parts of it that are worthwhile. Sure, it loses steam by the end, but whatever. There's lots of episodes of The Simpsons that do the, this one's better than most of them. Um, so, yes, it stays in the canon. We're going to look back up to the top of the list, working our way down, answering the same question about every episode on the list. We are currently number 167, Matt, which is I Am Furious Yellow. One of our highest ranked season 13 episodes. I think the second highest season 13 episode on the list. Yeah. Second highest, which is pretty good uh, for a season 13 episode. There's not a lot of them that high in the list, but there's a handful. And I Am Furious Sell is one of them. Homer. Uh, we have, What's that? Stan Lee, right? Or is that a different yes, episode? Yes, I believe so. I was like, am I, I, mean, am I cross... Cross pollinating. I'm pretty sure that's. The, I mean, I'm that's, furious. Tell us where he gets super angry. So the Hulk feels like it. Yeah, that's the Stanley episode, right? With Angry Dad. That is the Angry Dad episode. I'm like, I think that's that has to, that's the Angry Dad episode, right? It is the Angry Dad episode. It is the Stanley Dad episode. Um, it is funny. Um, it does. It does. That episode does a good job of kind of capturing the uh, era of like early web comics and the success they had and things like that. Comics. Stanley's in it. He has. It's fun. Stanley's fun. <laughs> uh, indeed. Indeed. What? What are you laughing at? What are you chuckling at? Because you're right. Because this uh, season 13 of The Simpsons was right around the time we started getting the original Spider-Man, and and, uh, and then Stanley started doing his uh, Stanley, not Spike Lee, started doing his cameos in Marvel movies, and that's when we realized, oh, this is hilarious. We should have Stanley always do this. He's a ham. Stanley was a ham. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I I'm glad that. I don't know. There's been a lot of, you know, there's lots of conjecture in comic book circles online about Stanley and being a, painting him as a villain. And I don't think that's fair. I, I think he was a, a complicated man throughout his life uh, and performed a very much needed role in early the early formation of Marvel. And as much as, yes, Jack Kirby should have more credit as a comic book creator doesn't mean you should take some away from Stanley. He had a lot to do both as a writer and as a salesman. Like, it can't be understated how important that was at that time when DC dominated the comic book marketplace and Marvel was an upstart. And Stanley was a big part of why they succeeded. Um, the Untold, what's the Untold Story of Marvel is a great book. You should go read it. And it kind of fleshes out all that stuff. It's pretty fascinating. Um, so, yeah, it stays. That's that nothing to do with I Am Furious Yellow, really, other than Stanley's in it. But it's just, it stays. Not that oh that one we haven't done that one that's next week probably 
I'm I'm messing up our, our spreadsheet. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> uh, that's it for this week. Our next episode, Matt, the ten percent solution. Oh, that does not sound good. Uh, Krusty will come. Wait, wait, what? Okay. In this episode, Krusty the Clown becomes depressed after getting fired. The Simpsons family encourages him to make a comeback. That's that's the whole thing. Well, he, with his former agent, who was is played by Joan Rivers, Annie Dubinsky. Um, huh. so, but that, we, we there's there's an ep, there already is an episode where Krusty the Krusty makes a comeback after he loses his yeah. show. What what? Why on earth do we need to do it again? Because Joan Rivers is there. This episode is written by Dan Castellaneta. I do not trust it. Dan Castellaneta and his and Deb Lacusta. Every episode they do is terrible. I I don't why. I don't Matt. I have very low. I have very low expectations for this. Oh yeah. Um. Maybe it'll be okay. I don't. It has Jeannie and Garofalo's in it. Kevin Dillon plays himself for some strange reason. Jackie Mason is comeback says Rabbi Krasowski. Uh, we'll see how it goes. That's next week. Uh, you can watch along with us. Uh, this is where I plug things. Everything's on our website, the Simpsons show.com. Uh, you links to our, our, our social media and to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, Patreon's the best place to do it. Um, support us for even $1 a month, $2 a month. It helps a lot. Uh, helps pay for hosting. It helps uh, get the show out every week. You get lots of bonus content. Me and Matt are going to do a bonus episode next week, and I think it's going to be. I think we're going to do history of violence. We're going to do Simpsons Cinema and watch the history of violence. Ooh, love it! Because I kind of just want to watch a history of violence. It's a good movie. Uh, Vigo, Cronenberg. What's not to like? Um, but we've done lots and lots of bonus episodes, lots and lots of uh, weekly episode reviews for new episodes of Simpsons, plus uh, King of the Hill, Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, even back in the day. There's a lot. Um, my dog is barking for some reason. She made it almost to the end. I don't There's no mailman. Um, let's get out of here. I'm Robbie. You can find me at RobbieDorman.com. Everything, that is my name. I'm on social media always is Robbie Dorman. That's a Dorman with one O, D-O-R-M-A-N. I have lots of books out. I have 14 of them, 14 horror novels, or 13 horror novels, and one revenge western, western revenge story set in a post-post-apocalypse. But, whatever. You should read all my books. Uh, apparently, Dara has read them, and I thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has read my books, has taken a chance on them, and I, my newest book is called Dead End. It's a late-stage capitalism meets zombies story. Very grim. If you like a grim, dark horror story, a grim, dark zombie story, then Dead End is for you. Go check it out. Wherever you buy books, you can find my books. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens, which I just got two more of. Uh, if you'd like to see these adorable kittens, you can check out Kitten Turns, uh, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. You can go back in time and see all the incredibly adorable uh, now managers of your favorite uh, you know, homes. Uh, they have a lot of people working under them underneath now. Um, you know, humans make good workers, but they are cut out for management. You need you need cats for that. Uh, but you can see them. Uh, check them out. And if you live in the Central Florida area, possibly you could get a new manager of your own that's been perfectly trained as in, in their perfect little kitten internship. But that's it. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And he watches... Uh, 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 shh.